Hello everyone, this is Jonathan Little. I'm here today with the 173rd episode of Weekly Poker Hand. I want to thank you all for being here today. If you have not already, check out my newest book, Mastering Small Stakes No Limit Hold'em. You can find it at jlpoker.com mastering. It is full of basically everything you need to know to crush the small stakes games and probably the medium stakes games and be well on your way to thinking exactly like a strong high stakes poker player. So check it out at jlpoker.com slash mastering. Here we are playing deep in a $5,000 buy-in six-handed World Series of Poker event. Um, I believe 17 people remain, so we are very, very deep. At 6,000, 12,000 with a 2,000 ante, I get pocket sixes under the gun and open it up for 28,000, which I think is fine. If the players yet to act are all very good, I could I could also see folding this hand. So don't think you have to play the small pairs from early and middle position. Um, anyway, though, out of my 420,000, we make it 28,000, which I think is perfectly fine. The button calls, who is a Brazilian kid. I don't know who the Brazilian kid is, though. And then the big blind calls as well. Both players have me covered. Flop comes queen, queen, four. So interestingly enough, in this episode of Weekly Poker Hand and the two previous, make sure you go back and listen to all those, by the way, because the, the hands kind of run together. It's like a little story. Um, we've dealt with paired boards. And paired boards are interesting because... The preflop raiser very often has a range advantage, meaning I should have the best hands on average. However, the caller usually has the polarization advantage, meaning he has way more nut hands than I do. And if you, the reason for that is if you think about it, I'm raising most of my big cards and some pairs, right? And the only time I have the nuts on this board is when I have either pocket fours, which is very unlikely, or when I have a queen. Now, of course, I could have ace-queen, king-queen, queen-jack, and maybe queen 10 suited, maybe not even queen jack offsuit. But the big blind and the button both have hands like ace, queen, king, queen, queen, jack, queen 10, then maybe even stuff like queen nine, queen nine suited, queen eight suited. The big blind could have queen six suited. He could have all sorts of stuff if he decided to splash around. So these players have more queens in their range in general than I do. I'm not saying they have a queen all the time, but they have the queen more often proportionally than I do, uh, usually. Um, and that usually um, matters more or is more relevant as the paired card gets lower or closer to the middle of the deck. Like, for example, I'm not raising very many hands containing an eight, right? But my opponents are going to be calling with nine eight suiteds and ace eight suiteds and maybe even nine eight offsuit in the big blind. So that's a spot where my opponents are going to have way more trips than me. So in that scenario where you have a range advantage but a polarization disadvantage, you very often want to bet small. And that's what we do here. The pot's 108,000, and I do bet small with a hand that is you know, likely best if I bet and get called. And I don't mind if I make my opponent fold out hands like Jack-10 offsuit or Ace-9, right? I mean, these hands all have a lot of equity against me. And if I do decide to check call, the turn's often going to be very bad for me, or even if it checks through, the turn's often going to be very bad for me, and I'm not going to really know how to proceed. So I like this bet. I do bet 40 into the 108,000 on queen 4-4. Four, four. The button calls and the big blind folds. So when he calls, I don't think that really indicates a ton about his range. I think most decent players in the spot are going to call with a lot of hands like a queen or a four or any pair. And then also some backdoor flush draws. Like if my opponent does have jack-10 of spades, he's probably going to float. I think that's reasonable. Same thing for like king-jack of spades. 
the reason he would not want to float in those spots is because the player in the big blind could then check raise, which would be a disaster because then you just put in 40,000 chips and you have to fold. But uh, typically Brazilian kids tend to be a little bit on the more loose side, the more splashy side. And I would not be shocked if he shows up with King Jack of Spades, for example. Um, There's a spade on the board for those listening on iTunes. All right. A turn is the eight of diamonds, which is about as clean of a blank as we can get. It does put up a backdoor flush draw, you know, so if he does have king jack of diamonds, then he is not folding at this point. But it doesn't complete any of the obvious pairs. Like a particularly bad card for me would be a king or a jack or a 10. I think all of those cards are particularly awful because they connect well with the floats. And if he had a hand like a queen, I'm still just behind. And if he had a four, now he's no longer going to put any more money in the pot. So those cards are particularly bad. Um, eight is Eight and lower are generally safe cards in this spot. Nine's also pretty safe. So should I bet or should I check? Well, if I check, I'm not planning to fold. That's for sure. The pot is 188,000, and I have 350,000 left in my stack. If I check and my opponent bets 100, I have to call, and then I check he's going to jam the river, and I think I'm going to need to call a lot of the time. And that's not really where I want to be, I don't think. So I decide to bet, again, very small, 60,000 into 188,000. For the same reasons as I bet small on the flop. I should have a range advantage, but the polarization disadvantage. Although, again, when the the card on the board that's paired is high, like a queen or a king or particularly an ace, the preflop raiser often just has a range advantage and a polarization advantage, meaning he just has lots of nuts. And that can allow the player to bet with a wide range of hands. So I'm not saying that the queen and the queens on the board are particularly awful for me or anything. It's way better than if it was something like 884 or 994. But we have to be a little bit wary. Anyway, I decide to bet again. 60,000 into 188,000. And I like this. I think this is a good bet size. If I get raised, I can easily fold. If I get called, we can perhaps still just be pushing our equity because we can be against lots of worse hands. And when I bet small like this, I, I can get called by a four, right? And I can get called by pocket fives. And I can get called by perhaps ace king. So I like this. I think this is good. And this time the opponent just folds, which is not really what you expect when you're making these small bets. But it does happen sometimes. And... While I certainly made my opponent fold out a hand that is worse than mine, right? No one's folding pocket sevens or better here to a small bet. I'm protecting my equity by making him fold out probably just some random overcards, but I'm also making it very, very difficult for him to bluff me now. Because if he wants to bluff after I bet again on the turn, he's running the risk that I just have a queen and I'm never folding. And I would certainly play my queens this way. I want to make that clear. So if I would play my queens this way, the opponent can't really raise that often because when I do have a queen, he just doubles me up or at least loses a very significant pot. I think a pretty sweet play for him would be to min-raise the turn. It's not something very many people do. But wow, that would put me in a miserable spot, wouldn't it? Whenever you're in a scenario like this one, you always want to ask, what can my opponent do to really ruin my day? <laughs> and um, consider doing that to your opponents whenever you're in the inverse situation because if you can really ruin their day, then... It's a pretty sweet play. So that's going to be it for this episode of Weekly Poker Hand. I want to thank you all for being here with me today. Good luck in your games. I hope you run hot and play well. I'll talk to you next time.